I'll be working with Ecclesiastes, but I want to look at the scripture in the book of Isaiah. That is where I'm taking it from. Isaiah chapter number 33. In the next brevity of time, I want to talk to you briefly about the fear of the Lord. Open heavens. The fear of the Lord. Isaiah chapter number 33, the verse number 6. Let's hear the reading of God's word. The Bible said, and wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Wisdom, knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. So it is the fear of the Lord that brings us establishment. In Isaiah the 11th chapter, the verse number 2, the scripture said that in this spirit or the spirit of the Lord rested and rested upon him. He said the spirit of wisdom and understanding. So we saw in Isaiah chapter number 11, the verse number 2, that the spirit of wisdom and understanding rested upon the stem which was Jesus. So wisdom is a spirit. Understanding is a spirit. He said the fear of the Lord. Look at that scripture carefully. At the end he said the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. And that disturbed me a little bit because Many people love God, but not many people fear God. I'll say it again. Many people love God, but not many people fear the Lord. Now, you need to understand that when we talk about fear, we are not talking about a scary fear. We are talking about what we call a reverential fear. So, in the context of parents and children, you would say that I fear my parents not because they are a threat to me, but because they are, um, what's the word? I revere. Is that a word? I revere them. So, um, but I am scared of the lion. Because the lion will bite me, will hurt me, will chase me, because I'm his food. So, it's the same fear, but one is reverential and the other is scary. So, it depends on the context you are reading or looking at the fear. So, if we bring it in the context of what we just read, the fear of the Lord is not the scariness of God, but it's the reverential of God. So, then, if I am going to reverence God or I am going to honor God, then I need to know how to do it. Are you following me? I'm going somewhere. How to do it? I'm taking my, I'm at home. How? To do it. 
so, let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter number 12, the verse number 13. And we'll take off from there. Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter, the verse number 13. Let's hear the reading of God's word. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. And then I was disturbed by that. Because the whole duty of man is to fear God and to keep his commandments. So I need to, he said, it's the whole duty. So what is the meaning of duty? I need to find out what it means. And I discovered that duty is my moral or legal obligation. Please take note, I'm going somewhere. It's moral or legal obligation. So, let's read it in that context. So, the wisdom, he says, let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. The fear, fear God and keep his word. Please help me. And keep his word. Please, you are very loud, so be loud. I've seen you demonstrate. You are very loud. Fear God and keep his word. For this is duty of what? Of man. So, let's read it. This is the whole word responsibility uh, uh, uh. I said moral and legal obligation so let's put moral and legal obligation at where duty is is that all right okay so let's go let us hear the whole conclusion of the whole story fear God and keep his for this is yes God bless you of me moral or legal obligation of me. So, my moral or legal obligation means that I need to what fear God. So, in fearing God or in obeying the commandments is my legal obligation. It's not optional. I'll say it again. It's not what? It's not optional. We live in a country called the United Kingdom. In the United Kingdom, in the 80s, a prime minister instigated a law. And the law that he instigated was that we ought to pay poll tax. And it was changed by, and it's now called council tax. It's still what? Tax. So, it is our legal obligation to pay. Now, people have been to jail because they have not paid. Please. They've been arrested. Now, they didn't go and steal. They didn't commit murder. But they broke a legal obligation. So, they went to what? Prison. Are you following me? So, if I'm a child of God, and the scripture tells me that my legal obligation is to obey the commandments of God, then I ought to know what the commandments are. Because if I don't know what it is, I cannot follow it. I can't obey what I don't know. 
Are you following me? So, as a child of God, you ought to obey the commandments because it's your legal obligation. It's a must. It's not a, it's not a choice. So when I read the scriptures and he tells me, love your neighbor as yourself, whether I like you or not, I ought to love you because it's my legal obligation. <laughs> Am I speaking to you? <laughs> when I read the scriptures and he saying, and forgive your brother. Now, it, no matter how offensive you have offended me, I have to forgive you because it's my legal obligation. <laughs> Am I speaking to you? Um, so, so I, I'm, it's getting hot in here. So, so when I read the scriptures and it tells me that shall not covet thy neighbor's iPhone and I began to covet it is my legal obligation. <laughs> I'm preaching. Oh, I'm preaching. So, our legal obligation as children of God is to follow the commandments. So it's not a choice that as for this one, I like. This one, I don't like. It's not a preference. So when I come to church and someone sits by me, whether I like them or not, it's my legal obligation. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jesus, see, we are talking about open heaven. Now, the heavens ought to be open, but it cannot open when we are not obeying the legal obligations. It's a legal obligation. I stopped talking to people about believing God for something when you are not right. I stopped that. Because I will discover I'll show you something that there is what we call, oh, don't miss Sunday. I'll be talking about it. There are two types of grace. We have the common grace and we have the special grace. It's two different things. The common grace is the grace has appeared unto all men. So the grace is for all of us. That's the first one. So you can see outside. It's raining. The fact that it's raining, I'm a, I'm a Christian. My neighbor is not a Christian. The rain should only fall in my house and not a house. But the rain falls on all of us. Our land is watered. When the sun is shining, it doesn't say these people are Christian, so the sun will shine in their house. But it will not shine here. No, it shines on all of us. So that is the common grace. <laughs> Let me get to my message. So, then the special grace. I get to my message. So, it's my legal obligation to follow the commandments. So, what are the commandments? It might interest you to know that a lot of people don't even know what the commandments are. What are the commandments? Exodus chapter number 20. Exodus chapter number 20. Are you there? If you are there, say, I am there, Pastor. Exodus, the 20th chapter. Let's start off from the verse number 3. God intro brought introduction from verse number 3. He said, Thou shalt not have no other gods before me. 
Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images or any likeness of anything that is in heaven or that is in the earth or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not, verse number five, bow down to thyself, by thyself down to them, nor serve them. For I am the Lord thy God, I'm a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers unto the third and fourth generation. And then he says, of them that would hate me. Verse number six. And what? And showing mercy unto thousands. Of what? Of them that would. And. Oh, please. And. So when I begin to keep the commandments of the Lord, my generation will walk in mercy perpetually. And then listen to this one. <laughs> Let's carry on. So all the verse number one to five, three to five, six is attested to God. Now listen to what he said. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord would not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Verse number eight. Remember the Sabbath. Uh -huh. And keep it. What? So what is the Sabbath? Now God is talking to us. What is the Sabbath? Because if I need to remember it and keep it holy, I need to understand what the Sabbath is. I need to understand it. If I don't understand anything, I cannot do it. I need to understand it. So what is the Sabbath? The Sabbath, according to the Webster Dictionary, it is a day set aside by the Jews where they have no work done. So, in the context of the Jews, from Friday night to Saturday night is their Sabbath. Now, in the context of the Christian, the Sabbath is the Sunday. So, the Sunday, and God worked six days. The seventh day, he rested. So, the Sabbath is a day that we don't work. It's for God. Five years ago, I was in... Israel and um, we were moving from the tomb of Jesus and we're coming across um, the, the place that is described the cemetery or where people have made it a cemetery where Jesus his second coming is going to land and we saw a group of people about, if I'm not exaggerating, about 40, 45 of them, all in white, with drums, and they had a young boy, about at the age of 13. At that time, I didn't know his age, in front, and the parents and everybody was following, and they were drumming, and they were speaking their language, which I don't understand. So I asked the tall person, what is the meaning of that? Listen to what he said. He said, sorry, he said, they are initiating him into what they call the jar. And um, I didn't understand that. So he, be he began to explain. He said that when they turn 13, they initiate them into the principles and the practice and the commandments of the Lord. It's like, wow. So I began to search what the jar meant apparently is the jar system 
and check it out now. And I discovered, please hear me. I discovered that the jazz system is a system that they teach them from the age of 13. Watch this. When you work, you divide your money into two. Half is what you must live on. Your expenditure and everything, you must live on that. The other half, you give to God his percentage. You give to the poor. And then the third part of that, you invest it. When I heard that, man of God, it disturbed my mind. It disturbed my mind because in our society, we, we are in the brothers, the Gucci's, the Amani's, the Venice, the, 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 the dead woman's wig for 500 pounds. And then I'm disturbed. I'm sorry, please. Should I go there? And, 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 and I'm disturbed. From the age of 13, they've started investing. They've started investing at the age of 13. So by the time I finish uni at the age of 23, I'm sitting by a, with someone in the class who is already a millionaire. 10 years ahead of time. 10 years ahead of time. So we come, yes. Student finance. And then I'm behind. So, so before I start life, I'm already behind. Man of God, I, something was doing me. So, so I asked. How are they able to live on half? Listen to what he said, Jesus. He said, what if the half was not there? You will still live. It did something to me. It did something to me. If the half was not there, still be living. So, I began to do analytical experiments and to find out. It's true. <laughs> and I discovered I discovered of them are unnecessary. Yeah. 
these, that's why these people are so happy, so wealthy, all over. And, and you wonder, wherever you put them, they become wealthy. They flourish. They flourish. And you have no choice but to, you, you see, you, you, no, you, you cannot fight success. You can hate them all you want. They still, they, they, they'll still succeed. They'll still succeed. A principle is a principle. So I discovered. Yeah. So quickly, when I returned, as if we were in my house, <laughs> my son was seven. I said, from now. <laughs> you are laughing, but I got him what we call the Go Henry card. I said, you wash dishes, 50p. You clean your room, one pound. You do this, you just, one pound. Said, yeah, study, yeah. 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 So he began to work out. So you said dishes. So if I wash three dishes a day, it's 150. I said, yes. He started. Then to whet his appetite, I told the mom, bring his child benefit account so he will see what is there. So he brought it. In our ministry, when I dedicate your child, after the dedication, I give whatever comes in to the parents. I say, here, open an account for the child. In six months, I will come and visit you. I want to see. Oh, add that to it. In six months, yes, I will come and visit you. Check it. I'll come and visit you. When I come, I want to see. I need, oh yeah, I need a statement. I need, it says it's what? It's child benefit, not adult Please, will you still bring me back? So, after six months, if you have touched it, you better go and find it and bring it before I come. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Because, because if it was not there, you will still live. You will live. In certain parts of the world, you don't get it. And they live. So if you get it, it's not for you. It's not for you. It's not what? It's not for you. I check my wife. She brings it. I check every three months. I want to see. Because if you couldn't even get any to give them, the child, don't steal, don't take what belongs to them by right. So what we do is that whatever they give him, we match it up every month. 
And his birthday, whatever he gets, he goes there. So, we sat him down. First birthday, you celebrate. Fifth birthday, you celebrate. Tenth birthday, you celebrate. Thirteenth birthday, you celebrate. Eighteenth birthday, you celebrate. You hear me so? Yes, daddy. It's a deal. You are not celebrating birthday every year. And they don't not come and drink and eat. You are not celebrating it every year. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are not celebrating. What for? Who's party? Your parents are not party people. So why should we initiate you into party? You live in a, you are in a class of 30 people. And every year we have to go to 30 parties. And I, I am not in I don't have time. I'm busy. Yes. Why? So every year from primary, he's finishing year six. And he's going to start secondary in September. More people are going to come. I said, eh. no party. We, we don't do party. We've never done. We don't do party. The only time we did party in my life was when my, we celebrated my wife's birthday. <laughs> you were there. So one, three, five, ten, thirteen, eighteen. It's not, hear me, it's not that we can't do it. We can do it. We live by two principles. The fact that you can do it does not mean you should do it. You can do it, yes. But the years ahead, thou knowest not. What are you preparing for? I tell people if you are working, and you stop work today, six months, and you cannot live for six months, you are poor. It is said that if you lose your job, within three months, you should get a job. So stretch it to six months. If six months, you don't have work, and you can still not pay your bills, and live like you were living, then something, something is gone wrong somewhere where else you were working. And someone who works and gets paid and cannot find a bit to put down, it's a concern. It's a concern. It's a crisis. So he said, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So for the Christian, the Sabbath, it's Sunday. The Sunday is dedicated to God. So whatever I need to do, I must do it after I have served God. Let me be bold enough to even say it. 
that Sunday you don't work. Period. 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 They lured us into it. A few years ago, they said, when you come to work on Sunday, we'll give you triple pay. Yeah, oh yeah. In the 80s, early 90s, before, it wasn't that. Yes, there was no Sunday. Nobody works in the whole of Europe. It's only UK that works on Sundays. So, they lured us into working triple. So, they'll give you triple. Then people became excited and they started. I prefer weekend work than weekday. Then as the days and the years began to span, they reduced it to two years. Then they reduced it to one year, a time and a half. And on our words, they are back to square one. Then they initiated and said, Sunday is now a working day. In the UK, Sunday is not classified as a working day. Fully. So now whether you work on Sunday or not, you get the same pay. You get the same pay. So, my question is, it was triple. You reduced it to two. You brought it to one. Now it's the same. <laughs> what work cannot give me, God will give me. And you discover that you use the years for Pharaoh, and by the time you are done, you don't have strength for God. So stop giving Pharaoh your strength. Bible said, I love the Lord whilst you are young. Let me continue. The Sabbath. Keep it holy. Then he said, in verse number 10, I want to conclude with this. Let me try and do this. He said, the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord, thy God. Thou shalt not do what? Any work. Did you see that? Don't do what? Oh, please don't do. No. Thy son. No. No, thy daughter. No. 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 Oh, please, no. Even your security. Everything in your house. Everything in your house. Must stop. Work. We were doing 14 days fasting. I said to the congregation, we do, we are going to do 14 days. TV, everything is on fasting. Everything is on fasting. Their cat, their dog, their house, everybody in the house, including TV, is on fire. Instagram is on fasting. Facebook is on fasting. TikTok is on fasting. 
Everything is on fasting. <laughs> it was a it was a it was it was it was a challenge. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. Yes, the gate is on fasting. Everything. Our gate is the gate of our eyes. The social media. You can go on social media and I guarantee if you are not careful, within five hours you'll still be on it. What is it? It's become so addictive. Yes. And, and, and scrolling. What are you scrolling for? What do you want to see? No, help my ignorance. What is it that you want to see? Yeah. Somebody building a house in the sun. No, what, help me, please, man of God. What do you want to see? What, what are you scrolling? What do you want to see? So you spend three hours, two hours on social media without you realizing that your life is passing you by. The 24 hours is going without you realizing. So keep the Sabbath. Thy gates, thy cattle, everything in the house ought to work. Be fast. So the commandment of the Lord is this, ladies and gentlemen. He said, look at it. He said, keep it. Do it. Yes, pastor, you are talking. Go on, please. Take me down. <laughs> take me down. For in six days, the Lord made the heaven and earth, the sea, and all that there is. The seventh day, where? Eight, it twelve. Honor thy father and thy mother. For this is what? That your days may be what? And thou shalt have what? Oh, please. Honor thy father and thy mother. Honor thy father and thy mother. That your days may be long on the earth. So our days must be prolonged. God is saying we should honor him. Honor thy father. Verse number 13. Thou shalt not what? Kill. Thou shalt not commit. Thou shalt not commit what? Thou shalt not commit what? Adult read. <laughs> okay, let's take it one by one. Verse number 13. That shall not. How many of you have killed before? I asked a question. <laughs> Jesus said, If you hate your brother, you are. Oh, you are what? Now I'm coming to the New Testament. It's getting hotter. Jesus said, if you hate your brother, you have committed murder. Mm -hmm. So when I ask the question, how many of you have killed before? <laughs> okay. The next verse. Thou shalt not commit adultery. How many of us have committed it before? Oh, please. Jesus said, if you look at a woman lustfully,
Is it in your Bible? He said, if you look at the woman lustfully. So, as I am preaching and I'm walking around, if I look at Pastor Gloria lustfully. I've committed. As the sisters were singing, if you are a man and you look at her lustfully, the sopranos, as the brother's fingers are on the keyboard, if, if you look at him and you are thinking that he'll be playing some bad lullabies for you in the night. You have committed what? As the brother is behind the video camera, you're looking at his stance. If you look at him lustfully, as the technical people are doing the technical, showing the scriptures. And you begin to think about them. And you're thinking, they'll give me some scriptures in the night for me to sleep. If you look at them lustfully. The dancers. <laughs> As they are dancing, instead of you to be concentrating on the song, you are concentrating on the hips. Moving to the left and right. Jesus said, you have committed what? Adultery. <laughs> can I preach? Oh, am I preaching? So, turn, turn around to your neighbor and say, don't judge, don't judge, don't judge. So, when you hear that somebody has physically committed adultery, don't be quick to judge. Because yours have not manifested in the natural yet. But last force. So the, the commandments, Jesus broke it down and said, Look, if you look at a woman lustfully, you have. Yes. Please turn the heaters off for them. It's getting hot. Hello? I said hello. Oh, Jesus. So Jesus said, if you love me, then keep my commandments. So someone will be saying, but pastor, you have been talking about the Old Testament. Let's go to the New Testament. Let's go to the New Testament. In Matthew, let me start with Matthew. Matthew, the 22 chapter. Matthew 22, the verse number 35 downward. The Bible said that then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt, not, thou shalt love the, the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. 
This is the first and great commandment, and the second is likened unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. So Jesus said that on these two hang all the laws of the prophets, which is what we read. Are you following me? Then listen to what Mark said. In Mark chapter 12, the verse number 28 to 31, he said, and one of the scribes came to him and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is here, O Israel. He said, the Lord your God is one. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And then he said, and with all thy strength, this is the first commandment. And the second is likened, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. This, there is none other commandment greater than this. I conclude with Luke. Our time is up. Then listen to what he said. In Luke the 10th chapter. The verse number 25. And I read. The Bible said. And behold. A certain lawyer stood up. And tempted him saying. Master. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now. Eternal life has come in. As you grow, you discover that your priorities changes. I'll say it again. As you grow, you discover that your priorities changes. In your 20s, you are very career-minded, ambitious. You want everything and anything in the world. Between 20 and 30s, you are planning and plotting and finding out whether you want to get a beloved husband, wife, etc., those that want to have kids, want to finish having your babies, have children, and etc. Between 30 and 40, you are establishing in terms of a parent or parenthood and finding out your bearings. You are settled. So the world say life begins at 40. From 40 to 50, you begin to accumulate something that will last you. Should God or Jesus tarries, you will stay and you will live on. On your 50s and 60s, you are now planning your legacy. The moment you hit 60, your strength begins to deteriorate and you are, the curtains are drawing down on your life. 65, 70, you have gotten to a place where any moment, the curtains will be drawn. 70 to 80, no income. Nothing is happening. As a matter of fact, let me start from 65. 65. No income. So if you are going to live till the age of 90, from 65, you have 25 years without income. Mm -hmm. At that point, <laughs> let's pause for a moment. <laughs> you don't think deep. <laughs> Can I go deeper? <laughs> yeah. At that point, those you are impressing now, 
they will not be there. The cars, the Lamborghinis, the Rolls Royce, the cars you were driving at that time will not be there. The things, yes, you can't even drive. At that moment, your children and grandchildren would have all left home. So you'll be on your own. If you are married, then thanks be to God, you have a companion. That's if you love and like your wife and husband, vice versa. If you are not, then you are going to be on your own. At that age, all the parties you had, all the people you were impressing, all the those that were around, that were giving you accolades, none of them will be there. So, you'll be on your own and you'll be creeping and walking. At this point, what you had shown from 20, 30, 40, 50 is what you're going to live on. At that point, you cannot run and go and chase the bus. So, you need an Uber. And it takes money to get Uber. At that point, you cannot iron your clothes like you do now. You need someone to do it. At that point, you cannot wash your clothes. You need someone to do it. Let me go deeper. At that point, you cannot even bath yourself. Sometimes, sometimes you need someone to do it. So before the curtains are drawn, that is the stage go through. So when you sit back and you begin to think about that, you will live your life differently. Because whether you like it or not, believe it or not, accept it or not, that day is coming. And it will come quicker than you think. I never thought I'll be a dad this soon. I thought I was still going to be a boy. And I'm, I'm a dad. I'm a dad. I'm a dad. Very soon I'll be a granddad. A granddad. Where did the years go? What did I do with them? So life is in stages. Life is in series. A young man pulled over one day in my house with a Range Rover. He had no house. <laughs> and I told him, come on, come on, come and have a look. So I came out. I thought maybe something had happened. So I came out to have a look. He was expecting me to applaud. Pastor Sam. I looked at him and I looked at the car. He said, this is it. Wow, this is it. I said, take it back. He looked at me and said, take it back. Take it back. Take it back? Yeah, take it back. He looked at me strangely. You don't you haven't bought a house? 
bought a Range Rover. 80,000 pounds. Now, at the age of 60, 65, if you are buying that, I would say you have lived your life. You have excess. You've taken care of that. God has blessed all of us in our own capacities and in our way. Some of us are just wasters. Some of us are just wasters. I've been delivered from the opinions of men. 20 years ago. My family know. The church know. My friends, everybody know. I'm not moved by what you think of me. Your opinion doesn't matter. Because if I need help, and you can help me, then your opinion matters. But if you can't help me, your opinion don't matter. What are you going to say? As you grow, you discover that you don't need a lot of friends. But you need quality people. Yeah. You need to discover that. You need to understand that. They are called the principles of life, the values of life. And God has laid it out for us. So the lawyer came to Jesus, tempting him. He said, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Verse number 26. And he said unto him, What is it? What is written in the law? How readest thou? At this point, please take note. At this point, Jesus had not opened his mouth to speak. He said, what readest thou? Then listen to what the man said. And he answering said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. and with all. This was the man speaking, not Jesus. And with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. Let's continue. The Bible said that, and he said unto him, thou hast answered right. This do and thou shalt what? This do and you shall what? So the commandment of God brings us life. It brings us life. You want to live? Do and you shall live. The Lord thy God, all your heart, your soul, your strength and everything that belongs to you within you and love your neighbor as yourself. This do and you shall then listen to what the man said. But he willing to justify himself. Many of us are in this room. We always want to justify ourselves. We read the commandment. We want to justify ourselves. Love your neighbor as yourself. But you don't know what he did to me. Forgive that person. Pastor, you have no idea what he did to me. It's not everything we can forgive. And, and this is the one. Forgive, but don't forget. Forgive, but don't forget. I forgive. You cannot forget. Yes, but you don't say don't forget. Anyone who tells you that people that have hurt me, I still remember, but I've forgiven them. How can you say that? 
Now, you may have forgiven and you may have, what's the word? Uh, you may have, what's the word? Um, you have forgiven. Yes, but the event, you remember the event, but let it go from your heart. Heal. When you remember it and you still feel the pain, you have not forgiven. But when you remember it and you laugh about it, you are forgiven. Because the subconscious of your mind is like a computer. Everything. Five, some of you, five years. Five years when you were five. What somebody did to you, remember? It's still there. Yes, you can't forget. That teacher. Huh. Oh, yeah. You even remember the name. Yeah. So, it's a process that we forget. Then listen to what he said. He tempted, justifying himself. We are always justifying ourselves. Then listen to what Jesus said. I conclude with that. So, Jesus said, verse number 30. And Jesus answering, he said, no, the man said, go back. Who is my neighbor? He willing to justify himself. Ask a question. Who is my neighbor? I conclude with this. Then Jesus started. A certain man. A certain man. Give me three people, please. I need three volunteers, please. I conclude with this. I need three volunteers. Thank you. Thank you. You are the priest. You are the Levi. You are the Samaritan. I need a bag for this man, please. Any bag. Is that okay? God bless you. Thank you. Don't laugh at him. He's not a woman. A certain man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. A certain man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Please, are you seeing the scripture? Okay, please. And fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed and left him half dead. Verse number 31. And by chance there came by a certain priest. Now, you need to understand that. He said a certain priest. So not all priests are the same. But a certain, this type of priest. <laughs> Please, are you reading the scripture? There came by a certain priest. 
So priest, get yourself ready. And please, read the scripture for me. And what happened? And when he saw him, certain priest, please, come. Saw him, he passed by on the other side. A certain priest, this priest saw the wounded man, half dead. He is a man of God. Who knows the word? Knows the commandments. Preach the word. His legal obligation. He forgot his legal obligation. And he left the man and he passed by on the other side. Not, not even on the same side. But he passed by on the other side. He passed by. He knows the commandments. He's going to preach the commandments. He's going to preach the word of God. Wednesday service. And he saw the man and he passed by on the other side. And then by chance, please, there came likewise a Levite when he was at that place, came, looked on him. Levi, please come. Look on him. A church elder. A church deacon. A church minister. Somebody who holds pastor's Bible. Somebody who travels with pastor. Someone who is the first in church. And witness to people and say, don't come to church early. Come to church early. Pastor's son, a Levi, he saw the wounded man. He knows the commandments because he lives in the church, the temple. He saw him. He looked on him and put it on Instagram. Put it on TikTok. Snapchat. And he passed by on the other side. So at this point, the blood was oozing the man. The man was still dying. You know, sometimes when you get to the hospital, the, the doctor says, Oh, it's good you came. If you had waited for another 10 minutes, the person would have been dead. And these two people that knows God, knows the commandments. Knows everything. A man of the cross. They looked at him. And they passed by. And they passed by. On the other side. And the certain. Samaritan. He doesn't know the word. He doesn't go to church. He doesn't preach the word. He doesn't know the commandments. He just doesn't do any of those things. But some way, somehow, he had the heart. He had compassion. He had kindness. He said, when I saw the man lying there, I am going to a wedding, but I can't leave this man dead. I can't leave him. I can't leave him dead. 
So Samaritan. The man saw him. When he saw him. Oh Jesus. He had compassion. He started dressing the man a bit. He had compassion. The man had compassion. He tied his wounds. He's tying his wounds. He's tying his wounds. He's tying his wounds. This is the one that don't go to church. This is the one that don't know God. This is the one that don't know the commandments. This is the one who don't even maybe have a Bible. But he saw the man. And he had compassion. He helped him. He poured oil on his wounds. And why? He set him. He can't walk. He put him on his donkey. On his, on his donkey. On his donkey. He put him on his, on his donkey. He put him on his donkey. This man don't go to church. He doesn't know God. He has no obligation. It's not his right to help. But these two, it was their right, their moral obligation. And they left him. They passed on the other side. How many people are we passing by every day? How many people are we passing by every day? In the name of going to church. Yes, I know you are going to church. But you see your neighbor, you don't even greet him. You see your neighbor, you don't even say hello. You see your friend, you don't even say hello. And you are on your way to church. Which God are you coming to serve? That don't say hello to people. Which God are you coming to serve? He had compassion. He had compassion. He had compassion. He had compassion. The Bible described him. He had compassion. Compassion. Some There are Christians. But no compassion. There are people that. They, 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 they don't have kindness. Kindness. They lack it. Jesus said, your neighbor is not your mother's child. Your neighbor is not the one you know in church. Your neighbor is the one that you don't know. This man had no dealings with the man that was lying there. If truth be told, these two were more qualified to look after him. They were Jewish. They were Christians. I'm putting it in our context. They were Christians. Believers. And an unbeliever was the one that helped. And then he took him to the inn. And he said, I would look after him. His schedule was changed. Where he was going was late. Everything that he was doing was delayed. He said, look at him. I don't have much. I didn't know I'll come and meet a situation like this. Please look after him. I beg you. I'm going when I come. Everything you have spent. He didn't, spend, he didn't stop there. He said, everything you have spent. When I return, I will pay. I will repay. And the Bible said, Jesus 
asked the question. And then Jesus said, which now of these three thinkest thou was his neighbor? Then the man answered, the one who helped him, he was his neighbor. The one who had compassion. The one who loved him. The one who helped him was his neighbor. Sometimes we Christians don't even help anybody. Unbelievers are rather helping. You are in the bus. You are sitting. You are a Christian. An old lady comes and you watch. You move away. Or you even pick your phone and pretend you didn't see them. And you are looking. And then as shameful as you become, an unbeliever who's probably just sitting there, something just offers the seat. Mom, sit down. And then later you look at yourself. And at that point, the Holy Spirit convicts you. Know that you have done wrong. You are at the shop. Man of God. You have got trolley full of groceries. And somebody is working. They are at lunch. They just came to take sandwich and one, one, one cock. And they are behind you. And you wouldn't even say, man, please go after me. You will wait. You will wait. Finish all your trolley. You finish your full trolley. And even waste time to look for your money. Whilst the person is late. And you don't even care. Compassion. And you walk. I was there first. No. You were there first. But remember. Who is. Your neighbor. Paul said. In Galatians 6 verse 7. He said be not deceived. God. Is not mocked. For that which a man showeth. That shall he. Also reap. When we talk about sowing. We don't only attribute it to money. When you sow love, you reap love. When you sow hatred, you reap hatred. Whatever you sow, and guess what? That scripture, if I was to add more to it, I will say, you reap more than you sow. Because you always reap more. The harvest is always more than the seed. So whatever you sow, the Bible used the word shall, continuous, tense. It means as to when, I don't know. As to how, I don't know. But you shall reap. Today, you may not know. These days, when I'm walking and I see an old woman with one milk, one milk, one milk, and they are holding their shaking. One milk. How big is milk to hold? They are shaking. But man, can I help you? Can I help you? I'm showing into my future. Because a day is coming. We too have been doing this. Yeah. And my sons and, and this is why children are enjoying with their wives. And I'll be walking. A day is coming. He had compassion. He had compassion. 
travel, far country. The priest, you would have thought that the priest would have helped. He's a man of God. But he didn't help. You would have thought that the Levi, a church worker, you play the organ in church. You do the camera in church. You sing in church. You clean the church. You do something in church. You pray. But where is your compassion? Where is your compassion? Where is your compassion? Where is your compassion? The Samaritan had compassion on the man. He took him and he helped him. Today, I want you to have compassion. 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 Be kind. Show kindness. Show compassion. There are wounded people in our midst that sometimes we don't know. There are wounded people. It's not look behind and beyond the smile. When people are smiling at you, look beyond it. Because they are smiling with you. But they are hurting. They are in need. Go the extra mile. Sister, how are you? I feel like blessing you. It may not be much. Five pounds. Oh, I went to the shop. I saw two groceries. So I bought one and I got one for you. It's just to bless you. Oh, thank you. You'll be amazed. What the kind gestures, the little, little things that we do. You'll be amazed to how far it will go. Show kindness to someone. Show compassion to someone. Love somebody. For this is the great commandment with promise. The Lord bless you.